0: You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Obvious knockoffs of better movies that went straight to video. I've watched cinematic ripoffs glitter in the dark near the red box kiosk outside the Walgreens on the shitty side of town. All those moments will be lost in time. Like rain in my beer. Or beer in rain. Time to sigh. (sighs) Well done. I'm here today to talk about a brand new sci-fi film called Zone 414. I am joined by Synthetic Mindy.
1: You know, if you want person, I have many you can buy. With all sorts of attachments.
0: Very tempting. (laughs) I also have Trevor, probably not an android, joining us. Maybe.
1: Check his eyes! Do they glimmer?
2: Even I'm not sure at this point.
0: (laughs) And LeWayne, who has probably never passed the voight kampf test. No, and I got this thing. If you guys could take a look at it and tell me what those letters are so I can type them in, please. So, LeWayne, if you see a turtle lying on its back, what would you do? Um, Probably take it home to put in a tank with the other one. <laughs> You're definitely a robot, because the obvious answer was belly rubs. <laughs> you found me out. <laughs> You're just like tickling. He was like, I am dying, motherfucker. Flip me over. Oh, look, he likes it when I tickle him. Look, look him, watch at the his way leg... his little legs flip and flap all over. Oh my God, maybe I am a psychotic android. You notice we're taking a lot of time to not get around to talking about this movie. Hey, that's exactly what the movie does. It takes a whole (laughs) lot of time to get around to not really talking about what it's about.
1: Very true.
0: Based on the very obvious Blade Runner jokes we have woven into our intro, and yes, by the way, we have just used up all our material right there. (laughs) We're talking about a movie that owes a lot to Ridley Scott's 1982 classic Blade Runner. It is, in the near future, there is a place called Zone 414, a part of town where androids are allowed to live and work. It's something of the red-light district of Earth.
1: It's kind of like Westworld.
0: Which I also have some comments on. It's this uh, seedy, neon-lit part of town where androids can be uh, purchased for one's pleasure, created by a creepy dude by the name of Marlon White, Who
1: may or may not be real. He just does not seem like a human being.
0: Nobody does. So Marlon White, played by Travis Fimmel, uh, whom you might know from uh, Vikings, is covered in old age makeup and creepy hair. Uh, it turns out that his very real daughter has disappeared and is possibly hiding out in Zone 414. Because he doesn't want to cause any kind of incident, he contacts a private investigator played by Guy Pierce, who is David Carmichael, and spends the entire movie trying to find this young girl while scowling and talking in some unconvincing Anywhere USA accent.
1: Kind of New York-ish.
0: Along the way, he has to pick up a... Android by the name of Jane, she's supposedly his entree into this bigger world of Zone 414. Jane apparently is the most advanced prostitute, I mean replicant, I mean android, whatever the fuck they call these people. He needs her help to get through, because you see, Jane not only is beautiful and can change her hair color at will, if that's your sort of thing. Uh, She also knows the young girl in question, and knows her way around Zone 414, which, like any sex destination or tourist trap, is designed to look terrifying, grim, and depressing, because that looks great on a travel log. Uh, Come to our, you know, horrible, filthy uh, pleasure palace.
1: (laughs) But with some neon here and there.
0: With a lot of neon, and a lot of really old appliances, and all kinds of strange anachronisms. Of course, Guy Pierce's character realizes that there's something more insidious happening within Zone 414. This is hard to talk about without discussing Blade Runner. So I'm just going to take a moment and let you guys weigh in on this.
1: Well, I mean, it, it's Blade Runner. That's that's what this movie is. I mean, there are shots that are just shot for shot it, it it looks like Blade Runner, like the shots that are the CCTV the shots of the taxi and guy pierce is very much harrison ford as well as jane is very much uh whatever her name is uh daryl hannah this is more or less a xerox copy in that xeroxes are less quality than blade runner she's a
0: combination of the sean young character and the daryl hannah that's character. what i meant yeah she's sexy but also sophisticated But, you know, obviously she services Johns, and we're told she is the future of robotics, but they only have one. There's an entire marketing campaign for this one android who, for the right amount of cash, you can hire and tell your secrets to, because she can not only have sex with you, she can empathize with you. You get the full girlfriend experience with Jane. Yeah, but they they run into the problem that they always have when they try to well, wow, for lack of a better word, humanize characters like that, there's no real reason to. Like, all of the stuff that, that you talk about, like she can display emotions and all this, you can program androids to do that without having to actually have them feel the thing they're feel. Actors do it all the time, right? I've worked in customer service. <laughs> I've told people to their face. I totally feel where they're coming from. And you know what? I didn't. Yeah. Well, if you've ever told anyone that they have a beautiful baby, you know how to lie like that too. So I mean, I've said the customer is always right. When I knew damn well, they were wrong. Yes, you can fake it. And so that's, that's one of the things that's weird about this because that's one of the big elements of this is that she has these, she's depressed and she's anxious and she's like very human and doesn't know how to deal with it. And of course, who's she going to talk to the other replica, uh, the other androids that aren't (laughs) going to know, anything about what's going on, the people who come see her, no, they don't care how she feels. They just care how, well, I mean, they don't care how she feels emotionally. <laughs> I assume they care how she feels otherwise. <laughs> but like... This was great, except she felt too plasticky. Yeah. It was like making love to a Naga hide couch. But like,
1: yeah.
0: it's, it's a huge plot point, this whole conversation between Pierce's character and her, because we get into his backstory and there's an element involving suicide and a bunch of other stuff. And it's, it's like, I feel like you're shooting for something, but I've already kind of forgotten what might have been the point of what you were doing. Well,
1: they do that throughout the whole thing. The big problem I found with this film was that the main conflict doesn't come in until two-thirds into the film. So it's just like, there's a whole bunch of establishing. So when the final theme or final conflict comes, it's resolved almost immediately. So it's like, what was the point of this other than to look like Blade Runner?
0: There's a lot of foot dragging that in a better movie you would describe as world building. Mm-hmm. Right. But this world is already made for us years ago. This this is movie making out of a box. In 1982, Ridley Scott's vision of the future, that was a credible vision of the future. In 1982, we thought, yeah, that's what 2019 will look like. Now... We are 2 years past the events of the original Blade Runner and people still think that's what the world's going to look like in the future. It's like no, the fact that they use so many anachronisms like people use rotary phones. They yeah. have Yeah. <laughs> they have the old desk fans. It's just an aesthetic now. It doesn't serve any function. It's it's like a skin or a mod. It's like, "Hey, would you like your video game to look like it's set in the world of Blade Runner? Here, just download this. You could just add this layer to any story and it doesn't really serve any function and it just highlights the fact that your story isn't very original to begin with.
1: I mean, it would be okay if you have that aesthetic because, you know, it is a cyberpunk aesthetic and that's a whole genre in and of itself. But Again, it doesn't really go into any kind of meaningful discussion about anything. You know, you could have had the discussion about, you know, when they do do things with robots and this sort of thing is, what is the nature of humanity? What is it? that That is a discussion, you know, data in Star Trek, the doctor in Star Trek Voyager. uh, You know, you have a lot of these conversations about what is the nature of humanity. You could have had the whole mystery aspect of what is happening with the daughter and why does the daughter wish to be a synthetic as opposed to human. You have the whole thing of, well, what is the weird nature of this world? And that it has to be hidden in a Disneyland kind of way of everything is perfect. What, what, and the weird underpinnings there were, there's so many directions that this movie could have gone in, but it didn't in favor of look at the visuals. And we've seen the visuals before. So it didn't have anything t- of substance to offer.
2: Yeah, it's pretty superficial. It's it's uh I'm cribbing this from somebody else and I wish I could give them credit, but it's it's a lot of frosting with no cake. Like I'm a sucker for this kind of thing. You want to give me futuristic robot noir? Like that's why I was eager to sign up for this review. This looked like something totally in my lane. And it was. I enjoyed myself watching it. It takes you out of the movie how close it is to Blade Runner and how close some of the themes run. Uh, Mindy, you, you brought up Westworld, which is another series dealing with some of these issues. You know, DeShiel Hammett, when he wrote The Maltese Falcon, that wasn't considered high literature at the time. It was published on the shelf along with a bunch of other generic mysteries. This is the generic mystery to Blade Runner. It's fine if you like robots and film noir and... Mysteries, it's okay. The the performances are fine. The accents are a little weird, but everybody <laughs> seems to have one. So that kinda worked for me.
0: Yeah. I mean it was made in Ireland. Whenever they mention money, they always mention pounds. And drive on the left. And you have a lot of like UK cast members, and then you have Guy Pierce, who's Australian, who's playing some weird generic, you know, Harrison Ford kind of gruff American voice. And it's just like it's such a mishmash that it never feels like a real place. We never know where Zone 414 is. It's part of, presumably, a much larger city. It's just this special zone within the city that they're allowed to keep robots as sort of their research, and it's kind of considered a safe zone. It's the only place that robots are allowed to exist, and people can go and have sex with them, apparently. I mean, they, <laughs> what else do you do? Nobody goes to have their food prepared by a robot. It's treated like a sex tourism place. But Mm -hmm. again, it's just so fucking grim and bleak. I can't imagine anyone going there for pleasure. Blade Runner fetishists. (laughs) I guess. We've mentioned noir multiple times because it totally uses the aesthetic of that as well. It's Mm -hmm. like a steampunk noir thing. But the mystery, the, the thing that David is hired for, he just walks in and says, yeah, here's the solution. How did you get to that?
1: Yeah, it's like here's the solution, but they don't tell us. It's like it's you. Oh, you're right. Well, how do you know it's him? Oh,
2: oh good, because I I was afraid I had missed that part. No, <laughs> no
0: you didn't, because I went back to look. I'm like, where did? How did we get no, okay,
2: here? Okay, so that was just kind of out of nowhere. Then
0: it it should also be noted that there are people who live within the zone. Most of the time, they are employees of the Vite company, and it's their job to kind of keep the robots in line, deal with the customers, make appointments and things, do maintenance. But we find out that there are some also denizens of Zone 414 who are human, and have a less than enlightened view towards robots. Uh it's not enough for them to have sex with robots. Some of them want to do far far worse things.
1: They have weirdo fetishes.
0: It's just a world where everyone that you meet is a creep or a weirdo. Yes. There's there's no redeemable character who lives in Zone 414, and you can't even feel that sorry for the robots who are stuck with these awful human beings for company.
2: Well, and it's funny because you talk about how bad Zone 414 looks, like, just aesthetically and purposely, but then Zone 414 has its own bad part of town.
0: Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which is an abandoned boatyard. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So it's like, yeah, you think you've seen some shit in Zone Four One Four? where do you go down to the warehouse district?
0: <laughs> wait, wait until you see the abandoned boatyard. Yeah, it, it, it's it's all warehouses. It's all shitty tenement buildings. What it looks like is a bunch of locations they found that looked run down and were easy to get. It's the Blade Runner aesthetic, forty years too late, and significantly cheaper. It's like, let's just find some old rundown. place. Yeah, this looks great. Let's just put a chandelier on the floor for no good fucking reason, (laughs) and some Greek columns, and an old vintage bathtub, and a rotary phone, and boom, the future. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. There
1: were filing cabinets. No one
0: has a computer. Yeah. I don't even remember if people have cell phones in this world. Maybe they do. You have advanced robotic technology, but you still have shitty low-definition video cameras, <laughs> which is another thing. It's a constant recurring image of surveillance photos throughout the movie. That never goes anywhere. goes it nowhere. It's just constantly reminding you, you're being watched. You're being watched okay. in the zone. Well, by whom? Why? Who cares? Uh, you never see a camera anywhere, but suddenly people are being photographed from places that You know, there was no camera just because somebody just said, let's just slap a GoPro on the corner of the set and just shoot some black and white video and call it done. And just cut that into the movie whenever it starts getting slow, which is often.
2: And because every detective story like this has to have two cases... His other case involves uh, basically a stalking case.
1: And it is resolved immediately.
2: And we know because of this convention that there are cameras in her apartment, Mm -hmm. but there's never, hey, let's go back to the playback and see who that dude was outside that was tapping on your window and whispering shit in your ear, you know?
0: Meanwhile, the guy who invented this place hires an investigator and says, go find Jane, she'll show you around. He's like... Bitch, you invented the place. You made this city. You don't have a map? I don't know my way around, my own creation. Just go find my robot whore. And she's like, why should I help you? He's like, well, I'll handle this stalker for you, and you help me find my way to the boatyard, because in spite of all our technological advances, we don't have Google Maps in this world. Or a tracker on your daughter that you know goes into a zone that you don't want her in. (sighs) This movie... Has the opportunity to actually say some things, right? We've talked about this stuff it doesn't quite deal with. It has room in here if it wants to to talk about things like slavery, because that's what these people are, right? Yeah, there was the the androids are slaves. But I
1: was wondering whether they were going to use it as a metaphor for like racial divisions. But they don't. (laughs) But they don't. Not at all.
0: You have them ghettoized, right? Mm -hmm. They're all in their part of town. They're segregated. And it's a place good people don't go into, except for the wealthy people Mm -hmm. who go in there, right, and use the people that are in it. So there's room for them to say stuff like that. There's room, particularly based on the opening scene with Guy Pierce's interview, to talk about the difference between people who are emotionless, cold, and logical, and robots who are emotional, but it doesn't really go there either. Even the deal we were talking about off screen at the end of the movie, I mean, he's supposed to have developed an emotional attachment, but he could just as easily have done this because that's his partner that he worked with and the only person he's trusted in all of the stuff he's done. I mean, the movie ends so bleakly, I half expected someone to just come up to Guy Pierce's character and say, forget it, David, it's Zone 414. Yes. (laughs) We talked about that ending scene. Right. And you have somebody leaving zone 414 and they always show these guys on the walls with guns. So they're clearly not just allowed to leave. And I saw where the scene was going and I'm like, I'm not going to stop breathing until this character gets into the car because you keep showing me these two guys with guns who look more than happy to shoot anybody. And this scene can go completely bad. Nope, never mind. Everything's fine. We're going to go to the end credits. (laughs) Speaking of going to the end, I think it's high time we get into our final thoughts. Trevor, kick it off, please.
2: At the end of the day, it's fine. The thing that takes me out of it the most is stuff that I, as a movie viewer, are bringing into it, am bringing into it. The obvious comparison to other stuff that is better. Uh, Westworld as a, even the movie Westworld from back in the day probably treats some of this material better, but at the same time, it's also fine. It's a pulpy robot mystery noir, and that's something that I enjoy watching. I had fun the entire time I watched it. You know, I watched it right before this record. I'm already starting to lose little pieces of the movie. Like, it didn't stick with me real well. I wasn't probably fully engaged during the run of, of watching it. So just in the nature of it being fine, I'm probably going to give it a six out of 10 smoky cigarette butts.
0: <laughs> Mindy?
1: Like Trevor said, it's fine, but it's not great. It's something that we've seen before and it doesn't add anything new to the conversation. It isn't very innovative. And you're going to spend the entire time watching it thinking about other films and other TV shows that handle these topics better and with nuance and with discussion. Most of it is just visual fluff. And then, like I said, it got to about two thirds of the way in and it's like, oh, crap, we're supposed to wrap up storyline. Okay, I guess we should do that then. So, I mean, if you want some fluff. I'm sure it's fine to have like, on in the background to look at occasionally and go, ooh, pretty. But, you know, as soon as you watch it, you're gonna forget it. You know, it's like Chinese food. After 20 minutes, you're hungry again. You are not <laughs>
0: eating in the same places that I am.
1: <laughs> I am going to give it... Six out of ten posters that look like they're the cover of those really cheesy paperback sci-fis you find at half-price books on the bargain shelf.
0: Luang, here's your last chance to prove you're a real live boy. Uh, (laughs) shit. (laughs) You had me fooled for so long. (laughs) Trevor used the term superficial earlier, and I think that's probably the, the easiest way to describe this movie. It looks like a lot of things. The The aesthetic is interesting. The The cast is interesting to look at, whether it's because they're attractive or because they're very not. But it, it doesn't really ever get into the things. There's a lot of threads that it throws out and then never bothers to either reel in or tie together. I kind of wanted to really love this movie, because it seems like it would be exactly my thing. This weird sort of genre mashup with some sci-fi and maybe some deep thought, or not. Maybe it's a little pulpy, I don't know. In the end, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I liked looking at parts of it. Other parts of it, I'm like, man, I'd skip this, except I gotta watch it all for this. I keep swinging back and forth if it's right in the middle. Uh, 2.5 out of 5 electric sheep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But are they dreaming? That's the true question.
0: All I know is I counted about three and a half electric sheep and I fell asleep. Actually, if Electric Sheep had shown up, that would have gotten my attention. (laughs) For a movie that's under two hours, this really dragged. Uh, As everyone has stated before, this is going to constantly remind you of other better movies you've seen, whether it's sci-fi, noir, cyberpunk, whatever. You've seen this movie. You've you've read the book. You've watched the movie. You've seen the limited TV series. (laughs) You've played the video game. There's really nothing here to offer me. There's a couple of good scenes, I felt, between Guy Pierce and the actress who plays Jane, Matilda Lutz. I think they do fine. They're doing the best they can with the material they're given. There's a lot of characters here who don't really matter much, who show up for a scene and then disappear, and you go, what was that for? It's just padding. This is a movie I can't recommend to anybody. I don't know who it's for. Anybody who loves this kind of stuff has already witnessed it and experienced it and can tell you half a dozen other things that are better than this. If this movie had been made 35, 40 years ago, it'd be a cult hit. But it wasn't. It got made this year, and it's taken no advantage of the technological advances that have occurred in the past 40-something years since Blade Runner to advance the narrative or to do something with it visually. And that's a real lost opportunity. This is a big swing and a miss for me. This should have been better... I like the cast, but I'm gonna have to give this three and a half out of ten taxi cabs that don't even fucking fly. What's the point? I was promised flying taxi cabs, goddammit.
1: Do you really want a drunk taxi cab driver slamming into the side of the building causing debris rolling into the street? Is that what you want? Then the robots have won, Marco!
0: The robots are always gonna win, Mindy, because either way, we're gonna get fucked over unless we fuck them first. For money.
1: That's
0: why they're the sex bots. Uh, you know, when I was a kid watching Blade Runner for the first time, I looked forward to a future when I could take a flying taxi cab to the Red Light District and try to pick up robot hookers. But, you know, sometimes your childhood dreams just don't come true.
1: Go find yourself a unicorn. <laughs>